All right, good evening, everyone. It's time to begin our program for this evening. If you would be making your way into the auditorium and finding your seat, especially my graduates, I need you up here in your assigned seat, please. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone uh, here to Northside this evening, especially if you are a guest with us. Uh, we are glad that you are here with us for tonight's special event. Um, as many of you have probably been able to tell from not only the screen, but all of the people across the hall in the multipurpose room, uh, tonight is our uh, senior recognition, uh, in which we will be devoting the majority of our time to recognizing and honoring uh, these uh, these graduates, uh, these high school seniors of 2017. Uh, but to start off, we're going to spend some time praising God together, uh, singing some songs uh, that were picked out by our graduates. Um, after after that, we will have uh, or we will be led in prayer by a couple of our elders, um, and we will hear a special special message uh, from a good good friend uh, of the youth ministry, Jim Weathers. Uh, and then a little later, we will have a recognition ceremony, a time to honor uh, those graduates. So to start things off, we will be singing together. Our first song is "A Battle Belongs to the Lord." <clears throat> Oh, we had a prayer. I guess we didn't. Did we? Oh, we didn't? We did. Okay. And that's why they picked me. <laughs> Jim has it all together. It's good to see everyone here this evening. You know, it's um, uh, one quick, just sort of a, I don't want to call it a housekeeping thing, but just a point of clarification. Uh, on any other Sunday evening, you know, that isn't kind of a special occasion where we're doing something unique, there would be an invitation that we would offer at the end. Um, one of the, because we're kind of acknowledging the seniors and doing some things a little bit differently, there will not be kind of the, the formal invitation at the end. Uh, but we do want you to know if you are visiting with us or if you are a member and you do have some things that are heavy on your heart in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that is the most important reason that we get together. And there is nothing more important than you being able to sort of unburden that. And so at, at any time, and especially as we close uh, this evening, seek out an elder or somebody, uh, because we're certainly happy to do that, and don't want you to think that because we didn't have, you know, the invitation at the prescribed moment and, you know, there's a fountain fee free, you know, uh, queued up, that, that it wasn't important to us. So, you know, keep that in mind as we close. Uh, most of the time... Uh, when I'm asked to speak, I really don't think, and I just say, yeah, sure, is kind of my answer. I, I enjoy it probably more than you all do, and I don't really check my calendar. I don't check what's going on or anything like that. I have no earthly idea if I'm going to be in town, out of town, if someone's having surgery or anything like that. The answer is always yes, and, you know, without a whole lot of thought. Uh, when Mike asked me, Jim, would you say something on Senior Sunday, I actually thought about it for a second. Not that I debated it, you know, should I, shouldn't I, because if ever there was a sermon that no one's really going to listen to, it's probably this one, and so I can probably do all right. Um, and I thought, yeah, I really want to. And it isn't because I've got anything really impressive to say or that, you know, that I can point to my kids and say, oh, wonderful things have happened. And, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I'm still kind of in the same 
boat that many of you are, many of your parents are. And at this point, ours is still a bit of a cautionary tale. So, you know, we, we we're doing what we can here. But I remembered just how intertwined our lives have actually been. And you may not realize that. And it just it kind of dawned on me when Mike asked. I mean, you all have worked your way to the front of the auditorium. I can remember when many of you came to the auditorium for the very first time in a little carrier of some sort. I can remember waving to you in the cry room. I can remember trying to wave to your parents, but they were having none of it. They were just wore out. I can remember some of you in Bible hour. I can remember many of you in Bible hour, actually. I can remember you singing. I can remember some of you leading songs, leading prayers. I can remember that. Our lives have been kind of intertwined. And, you know, there's, you know, it's, and not only that, I know your parents. You know, so this isn't just, you know, oh, here's some kind of some words from, from God's words. Like, no, I, I really know you guys. And, you know, this time last year, we were going through it. You know, I was kind of there, and we were kind of getting all that stuff and the little candy bars and everything set up. And, and so maybe I've got a little better perspective. Some of this is still very fresh on my heart. And so I'm excited to be able to do that this evening. I'm excited just to share just a couple of things out of God's Word and just kind of remind you of some things and hopefully get you to remember just how much this congregation is proud of you and how much we collectively love you and we want nothing but the best for you. So tonight I want you just to ponder, and and yeah, I'm looking at them, but I'm also going to look at you all too, and so don't feel like, because some of you have a part to play in this as well. You know, and in fact, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, we may have some wisdom for them, but there's an admonishment for the rest of you, because we're in this together. When did you finally, how long has this date, let me ask it this way, been on each of your calendars? How long is this very, this is sort of moment? For some of you, I can tell it kind of got real right after spring break, didn't it? Like, ooh, it certainly did for some of your parents. I mean, it got real real. For some of you, it seemed like it kind of got real sometime around Christmas break. You know, when, okay, ooh, I've only got one more semester. Uh, it's getting real. For some of you, maybe at the start of the year, for some of you, maybe, you know, those of you type A personalities, it's been a couple of years. But you've had this date on your calendar. And what I want you to understand is while you have had this date on your calendar for a month or two months, three months, a couple of years, there's a group of people that has had this date on your calendar for no less than 17 years. God has had this date on his calendar. Now, it's kind of a tough thing to think about because God works independent of a calendar. He doesn't really, he's not bound by time. But while you may have been thinking about this for a year, a month, or whatever that is, God has been planning this moment for an absolute lifetime. Now, one of the things that I cannot stand, and don't you all ever use this when you talk to them, is to address them as if all of a sudden now God has a plan for them. As if all of a sudden now, because they have got a diploma from a high school, that now all of a sudden God is going to do something with them. If you have said that to them, 
don't ever do it again. Because you, you don't get it. God has been active in their lives, and God has had a plan for them from the very, very beginning. And they are here because of things that God has, they have acted out, and they have been a part of God's plan for 18 years. Your plan, your walk with God does not begin all of a sudden now. That all of a sudden, oh, okay, God has been waiting for you finally to walk across the stage so that now he can use you in his kingdom. He's been using you in his kingdom from the very beginning. Whether he's used you at work camp or at teen camp or through devotionals or what you've done at your schools, you have been a part of God's kingdom. You are now just going to continue this. And now God gets to use you in a slightly different way. Now God is going to use you through circumstances that you've never seen before. Now God's going to use you without the direct and day-to-day involvement of your parents at times. But God has had this date on his calendar for a very, very long time. Your parents have had this date on their calendar for a very, very long time. Now you just think that they've been planning this since the beginning of the school year. When they started talking about getting pictures and we got to go to college visits and everything like that, you think that's when it's been on. No, this has been on their calendar the day that you were born. The first time that you walked into this building, you didn't walk into it, the first time they brought you into this date was on their calendar. And the reason I know this date is on their calendar, because, you know, not, because keep in mind, you all look so wonderful in your pictures in there, and you look so wonderful now, and you just look all put together with these you know, neat little pictures. I've seen you at your worst at times. I've seen you in less than still, and I was thinking about that. I made a list of this, and I, I'm not going to name names or anything like that. I have seen some of you learn that the spatulas in the kitchen aren't just for Wednesday night meals, but for Sunday morning attitudes. I have watched some of you on the business end of a parent's finger as you hoped nobody else would watch and hope nobody else would saw. I saw some of you, I've seen some of you, on more than one occasion. I mean, some of you are repeat offenders, really, when you get right down to it. Stand just a little too tall in front of mom and dad in the foyer, only to walk with your tail tucked between your legs out to the foyer. I've seen some of you discreetly pulled to the side for a conversation. I've seen some of you forcibly abducted, you know, where all of us wondered what the ransom was going to be to see you again. I have seen the rod spared very little, but I've seen a lot of grace. And, of course, I've even seen the one time that one of you enjoyed the presence of your mother on your pew about halfway through a sermon, as I recall. And I laugh about some of this stuff, and we can joke about some of these things, but when I tell you this, I don't tell you this to talk about all the times that you got a spanking or all the times I watched you get grounded or anything like that. I tell you that because this moment has been on your parents' hearts for 17 years, 18 years, whatever it is. And for 12 grades of school, they have taken that role. They have accepted the responsibility that God has given them because they have known that there will come a day when you will be on your own. And they have actively parented. I mean, not only have I seen you know, those funny kind of things, I've watched them glow with excitement 
with pride when you've done something. I've watched them beam ear to ear. I've watched them grin as they have told me, well, this is what he's doing, and this is what she's up to, or anything like that. I've watched that. I've watched them cry. I've seen them tears. I've watched them worry. I've heard their prayer requests. I've heard their prayers. You may have been thinking about this day for a year or two years, but your parents have been thinking about this for a lifetime. And not only have the parents been thinking about it for a long time, Satan's had this date on his calendar for quite a while. See, we'll talk about the evilness of Satan all day long. We will talk about the maliciousness and the lies and the deceptiveness. But there's one thing about Satan that we don't talk about very often. He's actually quite patient. And he's been very, you just think that he's worked on you here and there. He's been very comfortable because he knows that there's going to come a day. When you will celebrate your independence, when you will not have the safety net that you've once had, and that you will be not so much on your own, but there'll be those moments. Satan has had this date on his calendar for quite a while. And because of that, you need to know that this congregation has had this date on our calendars for a very long time. See, we take this very, very serious. You have not, you are not graduating into the church. You've always been a part of our fellowship. You just are going through an inflection point. And we are so excited for that. We could not be excited. So, got a scripture that I want to turn to here in just a little bit. It's not one of the scriptures that you normally hear about, uh, mainly because I don't want you to hear the same old tired, you know, uh, I have plans for you and everything like that. Those are all wonderful scriptures. One thing I want to do real quick, and I want everybody to watch this and take this serious. This is kind of one of those things Toby would do, and so I'm really, really sorry. I want every, yeah, yeah, Toby would do it. Yeah, he'd probably be all excited like this and everything like that. I want every one of, uh, uh, every other one of you to stand up. Just every other one. I was kind of thinking all of you, but. Okay, we're going to make it easy. There's 12 of you. There ought to be six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Just kind of dawned on me how long I've known some of you. It really has. Like Dalton and Cameron, I've known you for, well, ever since you've been only six feet tall. (laughs) Um, I want you to look. And this is the part that I want us to take very, very seriously. Based on the statistics, such as they are, one out of every two of the graduates in the church are never heard from again. One out of every two, at some point in time, we just sort of lose sight of. And these are averages, I mean, this is, I mean, it may be one out of every two or, you know, one out of every, it's, it's, it kind of varies a little bit. Now we're north side. And so we think that we've got things just a little bit better. So two of you sit down. <laughs> All right. So now we're just down to a third. 
And actually, you know, this is a pretty good group of kids, so I'll tell you what, two more of you, sit down. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you got to be quick. <laughs> Both of you, sit down. <laughs> and thank you for doing that. And I do that because I want all of us, I want you all, to understand why we take this so seriously. Why this is so very, very important to all of us. It isn't just about the presents, it isn't about the cards, it isn't about the cool things and the quilts and the banners and everything like that. We don't want to lose you. We're fine with you moving away. We're fine with you having a family. We're fine with all of that. We don't want to lose you, though. And that's what this is all about. My message, my charge, if you will, Hebrews chapter 10. Turn, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 10. And again, this isn't one of those passages that sort of is laid out wonderfully, like the book of Proverbs, about you know some wisdom from the father to the son or anything like that. This isn't one of those unique things. This is in Hebrews chapter 10. And again, keep in mind that in the book of Hebrews, all the way through you know, up till chapter 10, and really through the entire book, the Hebrew writer has pointed out basically just how awesome Christ is, how wonderful it is. he is. And he points out how beautiful the blessings are that comes with our faith in Christ Jesus. And it's just the relationship that we have, that he's, you know, someone who, you know, works on our behalf, someone who hears our prayers, someone who is our advocate and everything like that, and this wonderful faith that we have in Christ Jesus. And he gets down to chapter 19, or to verse 19. And he says, since therefore, and the, the point that he's trying to make at this point is because of all of this, the beauty of Christ and the relationship we have with him, he says, since we have this, he goes on to say, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place of Jesus by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through his, the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Okay, he says, since all, we've got all of this, then he says three things that he's got to tell them. The first thing he says in verse 22, let us draw near. Draw near, he says, with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's wonderful how this builds on it. He says, draw near. Now, I don't know, and you have to decide for yourself. You have had 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. In the youth group. Some of you maybe not quite as long. You've been here, some of you, all of your lives. So I want you to ask yourself this morning, have you drawn near? And there's really nothing we can do about it right now. I mean, if you've drawn really, really close, if you haven't, whatever that is. But here's what you need to know is you never stop drawing near. And if you haven't drawn as near as you think that you should have, as near as God would like you to have, here's the beauty of it. You can draw closer. There is never, I I looked through that sheet, there is nothing that any of you have for your plans that precludes you from drawing closer to Christ. Every city that was listed there, I looked it up, there's a church. In some cases, there's more than one. There is a body of believers. There is the ability to draw near to God and truly continue to work on that. Invest in that in whatever way, shape, or form. Continue to draw closer 
to God. The second thing he says is, let's hold fast. He's got to draw near first. He says, but let us hold fast. The confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Draw near, he says. Then he says, hold fast. And the word there literally means hang on tight. Because that is going to be so tempting. And I say this not just because it's unique to graduates. It's unique to all of us. you got to hold tight. And one of the things that you will learn very, very quickly is Satan is ready to rock your boat. Something kind of fierce. And I don't know when it's going to be. He doesn't really announce it as well as we would like. But there's going to be things that happen. And if you wait until then to try to get that grip strength, it's probably going to be too late. It could be too late. Draw near. Hold fast. Now, I'll be honest. There's two parts of holding fast, if you think about it. One is hang on tighter. But the other piece of it is learn to let go of some other things as well. You know, one of the toughest things that you're going to have to go through is there's going to be some things that you're going to have to let go of. You're going to have to let go of some things that worked and were fine in high school, but they don't really cut it going forward. You know, this has been, in many ways, a very tough week for the congregation. And as you all are aware, prayers this week didn't quite get answered the way that we would have hoped. And it's tough. Clayton and I were talking about it. It was just, I mean, we just earlier today just cannot possibly fathom anything worse than the loss of a child. But there is one thing worse, and that would be the loss of a child without the love and support and relationship of the Lord's body. That would be worse. Because there are going to be things that you are going to go through, and what you need to understand is you got all of us. And I know your parents. Some of them I know very, very well. And there will never be a time too late. There will never be a text too unimportant for them not to reply. There will never be a moment that they will not gas up the car and head straight to wherever you are if that's what it takes. And on the off chance, the very off chance that you manage to catch them in a real wrinkle in time when they can't, look around this auditorium and I promise you there's someone there on the other end of the phone. There will be somebody there that can be in whatever college town you're in in a matter of hours. Draw near, but hold fast. This isn't a time of letting go of the relationship with your parents. It's actually the time of growing closer. It's just different. It's cooler. I mean, I will tell you that, you know, Brendan has only been gone, you know, not even a year. And our relationship has evolved. It's different. It's wonderful. And in many ways, it's actually closer. Draw near, hold fast. But finally, verse 24, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. What the writer is saying is it's not just enough to draw near. It's not just enough to hold fast and take care of yourself. What he says is do something with your faith. 
make a difference in the lives of somebody else. He says specifically, figure out how to take your faith and stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Make a difference in the world. Make a difference not because you've got this great potential, not because you've got this great opportunity or anything. Make a difference in the world because that's what God has shaped you to do. He isn't asking you just to simply hang on to your own faith. He isn't asking you just to keep yourself pure and ready for heaven. He's saying, stimulate us, make a difference. In whatever way, shape, or form, make a difference. And again, you know, I'm kind of looking in this direction, but folks, this applies to us. We're not immune from this. There's no evidence in the the book of Hebrews that he was only writing it to teenagers that were about to graduate. You know, draw near. Hold fast. Now look there in verse 25, and this is kind of the parent in me, okay? Because I'm not going to end on verse 24, because I want you to notice the example that he gives when he talks about encouragement. Don't forsake our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging other, one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. I hope your parents ask you. Parents, I hope you ask them on Sunday afternoon where they were that morning. I hope you ask them Sunday evening. I hope you continue to ask them. Not to get on their nerves or anything like that. And I'm telling you right now, if you've got parents that do that, you've got parents that love you. You've got parents that get it. You've got parents that want you to draw near, hold fast, and do something with your life. And I guess the biggest thing, you know, it was kind of easy before when I said, hey, can you give me six volunteers to stand up? I mean, it wasn't easy for you to work through the math, but eventually you got it. (laughs) But my guess is, if I were to ask you, okay, now I need six Goat volunteers. If one out of every two sort of drifts away, could I look over here and get a volunteer for those six? I don't think I could. No one thinks they're going to be one of those six. And so what I want you all as a group to do What I want all of us as a group to do is decide we're going to bring the average up. We're going 12 for 12. Whether you eventually you move back here and you raise kids and everything, whether you move somewhere else, we're going 12 for 12. And so I'm going to pull one more Toby. If you are with me in that challenge, I'd like you to stand up. Apparently, you all weren't listening. If you are with me in the challenge, stand up. That challenge isn't just for them, folks. It isn't just for parents. It isn't just for grandparents. It's for prayer pals. It's for friends. It's for people that you don't even know by name. We're going to go 12 for 12.
Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, crossroads are not a unique thing to you. As God, you live in eternity. You have seen it all. God, you know how their story has been presented up until now, and you know how their story will unfold. And God, that is intimidating to know that you see it all. God, may we collectively do everything that we can as friends, as parents, as aunts and uncles, God, as your people, as your body, do all that we can that though they may be in different places and doing different things, God, that they will always be on our heart. That not just tonight, but many nights, God, that we will pray with and for them. And God, I pray that you will be with them. God, thank you for the way that you've worked in their lives up until now. And God, we are excited to see how you will continue to shape them in the future. Through Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.